0: So that's what we want to talk about today as we begin a new series entitled, Take the Plunge into Strategic Service. Um, You know, I love preaching sermon series about people like uh, Jonah and like on the Ark of the Covenant and just telling you those Bible stories and pulling out those principles and uh, that's my favorite way of preaching. But I want to tell you, in order for us to be a healthy church and to function the way God intended a church to function, we have to look at how... He laid it out in the Word of God. And that's what we're going to do over the next uh, couple of Sundays. I'll, I'll be speaking today, and then next Sunday the ministry fair will be going, and uh, it'll be back in the overflow seating area. So uh, uh, you guys back there uh, s- sitting somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. You guys got to move this way next week. And uh, we're going to have the ministry fair back there, and and we'll have sort of a... Uh, a um, carnival atmosphere we hope back there we're gonna have popcorn and all kinds of stuff and uh, there will be tables set up with brochures and printed material about all the ministry opportunities here at Whitley Church and what we hope you'll do is go back there and meet our leaders and um, just kind of walk through that area praying and saying God Uh, Where can I make a difference? Where can I find significance? Uh, The way this brother was uh, telling us in this video today. Uh, And that's what we want to talk about. God has a significant purpose and will for your life. Some of you have found that already and that's wonderful. and, And that's one of the reasons God has blessed this church so much. And the truth that I'm going to talk about over the next few Sundays is one, that if we get a hold of it, Our church will lay a strong leadership foundation that will cause our church to propel into the future, making a difference in people's lives, reaching our community for Christ as we never have before. Pharaoh Hardison has about two or three things that he's fairly decent at. But I've got to have a whole bunch of other people that are way better than me at the stuff I'm not good at. And so that's what we're doing here. We're just understanding that we are a body, everybody has a role in that. Body of Christ. Let me talk about a couple of things coming up before I get into the message uh, tonight or uh, today. Wow, I'm still at the bridge. Oh, uh, we had good services at the bridge last night. How many? We had some people here that were at the bridge last night. Raise your hand. Y'all just cannot get enough of my preaching, can you? God bless you. Um, inside your worship program, Accelerate. This is the last weekend, guys, that you can sign up for Accelerate because it is this Friday and Saturday. This coming Friday and Saturday. Absolutely excellent, excellent, excellent training. Uh, You would not get better training. We used to have to go to California and down to Atlanta to get this kind of training. It's right up the road now. And so we hope you'll go. It's absolutely free. No charge. We need you to fill this out. Let us know you're going. You can drop it off at the information desk in the main foyer on your way out. But come and join us, and uh, we'll be getting out information on uh, when we're leaving and all that kind of stuff. You might not be able to go Friday. Because you're working Friday, that doesn't matter. If you can go Friday night or you can go Saturday, it's over at lunch on Saturday. You're going to hear some of the greatest leaders in America, church leaders in America. So we hope you'll go to that. Also, again, uh, don't forget that we're writing a letter to the president, the next president, whomever he is. We don't know who he's going to be. How many of you saw Rick Warren last night talking to the two candidates? And um, so, so that is a major decision for this country. So what would you say to the president? And I'm going to use those letters. I'm going to be doing a series on leadership. And we're going to talk about the the void of leadership in our nation and the void of leadership in the church and what is a good leader and what makes a good leader. Some of you are leaders and you don't even know it. Maybe you were told early in your life that you're not a leader and you're not an influencer. And that was the enemy speaking into your life, but you really are a leader. We're going to talk about leadership, and I'm going to use some of the stuff from your letters and quote you out of your letters. So what would you say to the next president if you knew that your letter would end up on his desk that January 20th when he takes uh, the oath of office and is seated at that desk in the Oval Office, and and you knew the first thing he was going to see would be your letter, what would you say to him? So uh, maybe you've been wondering what that's all about. So I wanted to explain that to you a little bit. So let's get busy on those letters. We may even ask for your permission to post the letter publicly here at the church. So people can read it out in the hallways and uh, that'll certainly be up to you. Um, inside your worship program also is this, uh, this ministry list here at the church. And what we hope you'll do is take this home and look at it and maybe check the ones that pique your interest on here. And then next week when you're walking through the ministry fair, you can just kind of take that with you and say, Okay, I want to talk to whoever it is who's leading this ministry, but God wants you involved. God wants you involved in ministry, so let's talk about taking the plunge into strategic service. This message uh, today is directed toward every teenager And every adult who considers Whitley Church or the bridge to be their home church, this message is directed toward every teenager and every adult and uh, every person who appreciates what God has done in their life through Whitley Church or through the bridge. So um, you don't have to be a member of our church uh, I have people come up to me all the time and go, well, I, I was kind of interested in being an usher. Do I have to be a member? No, you have to have a pulse. That's it. No, seriously. You know, we'll work you like a rented mule, buddy. Let me tell you right now. Uh, when a church is growing and, and moving forward the way our church is, and, and ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever in my history as a pastor, this church has grown during the summer. Most of the time during the summer, we're, you know, we take that summer dip. We go down to the beach and up to the mountains. And so there's that summer dip. But we haven't had that. As a matter of fact, right smack dab in the middle of the summer, 925 people showed up on a weekend. And so we thank God for that. And we believe that by the end of this year, we're going to be very close to 1,000 people. Now, I don't get excited about that because of the number. I get excited about that because if we can get people motivated and we can get people understanding that they have a call of God on their life and get them functioning in that call and they see how it fits in this local church, then we're going to be able to lead more men and women to Jesus ever than in the history of this church. So that's what I'm excited about. And, and We thank God. I love, you know, after the service, uh, our administrator, Jim Gilligan, usually comes up and hands me a little piece of paper, and it's got the, the uh, attendance on it, and it's got the giving on it, because those are just two ways that you measure the health of your church. And uh, I'm always excited about the growth, but I don't want us to grow just because we can say we got a thousand people at our church, or we have a thousand people who attend our weekend services. I don't, I don't really care about that as much as I care about the more people we can get to understand what I'm going to be teaching on over the next few Sundays, and the more people we can get to understand that whatever you do for God is just as important as what Billy Graham does for God, or what Pharrell does for God. And one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to look at you. You and Billy Graham are going to be standing beside each other and he's going to look at Billy Graham and go, way to go. And he's going to look right straight at you and go, way to go. Because you were faithful. Just like Billy Graham was faithful, you were faithful in what God called you to do. So our goal today and over the next few weeks is uh, to speak to the people in this body called Whitley Church who are kind of on the sidelines in terms of Uh, Service and getting involved We want you to get off the sidelines And get into the game And we want you to join One of our strategic service teams And you'll notice on the sheet That I just showed you That there are many uh, teams That are listed there And and you just find the one That kind of you think You're comfortable with And and you just let us know What you want to do And here's what we do here At Whitley Church We let you experiment We let you check Check it out without making a long-term commitment. You might say, well, I'm not real sure, you know, but I think I might want to work with the Royal Rangers, or I'm not real sure, but I think I might enjoy working with the girls' ministry called Impact Girls Club. I'm not real sure, but I think I will. Can I test that out for a few weeks and see how I like that? Absolutely. We'll let you try that out for a few weeks. And, uh, and if you say, oh, man, this is just really not for me, then we'll let you try something else. Uh, We do require that everybody try the nursery. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Millie told me to say that. I'm sorry. But um, we want you to join a strategic service team, and we have many of them and if there's a leader out there this morning and you look on that sheet and your ministry's not there, please understand that we are so human and we went over this thing several times just to say, are we forgetting anybody? Are we forgetting any ministry? And, and if we did, man, please don't be offended by that. Show us some little grace and mercy and what we'll do is to make up for it is put a sheet in there next week that only has your ministry on it. How about that? We'll make up for it. Um, in all, <laughs> I hear you in all honesty uh, I am going to do everything in my power to show you what the Bible uh, says um, about your purpose and your calling and your responsibility to the local church and if you're here today and you're not a Christian or you're here today and you're not a church person maybe somebody invited you to come today and or, or maybe you're here for the first time at Whitley Church or you're here uh, it's your first time back to church. You've been out of church for a while and you're kind of coming back to church. I want to tell you that this is a great Sunday for you to be here for a couple reasons. Number one, I'm not talking to you today really, so there's no guilt associated. Isn't it wonderful to know that you can come to church and not feel guilty when you leave? And we try not to do the guilt thing. You know, we work real hard at not doing that. So I'm really not talking to, to people who are not Christians or people who have not or not committed, or, or, or people who are just kind of checking God out. And we understand that there are people in every congregation that are kind of investigating Jesus and investigating the claims of Jesus and all of that. And so we, we want to we receive you where you are. And you may have some other questions before you would get involved. But also another good reason for you to be here in that group is that you're going to find out about our church through these messages. And you're going to find out what makes Whitley Church tick. And you're going to find out kind of how we have things organized here. And you're going to find out what the hype is all about and why more and more people are coming to our church and getting excited about being here. So you're here on a good day. Uh, What I want us to discover is not that there's one specific thing that makes our church Effective and, and, and when I talk about our church being effective and when I talk about our church doing good things, I talk about the good stuff, I want you to know I understand very well that our church isn't perfect. I understand that very, very well. And I understand that we have weak areas. And we have strong areas and we have staff meeting every Tuesday and we sit down and we talk about areas that are kind of shaky and areas that are real strong. We talk about what we got to do to make those shaky areas strong and what we got to do to make the strong areas stay strong and get even stronger. And so I want you to know that behind the scenes... Guys uh, you you got some awesome leaders here at Whitley Church that are always discussing, always talking, always reading, always going to training, and because we are so hungry to learn how to be better leaders. We are so hungry that's how, well that's why the Accelerate Conference is so exciting because I'm telling you. The first time I went to any kind of training like that, we had to go to California to hear the kind of stuff that is right up the road. I mean, it's like 40 minutes from here, and we paid for plane tickets, and we paid for conference registration fees, and hotel rooms, and rental cars, and it was very expensive. And to think that the very same people that spoke at that conference are now 40 minutes from us i got to be honest with you, I think we're going to be held accountable if we don't go take advantage of it. So I hope you'll hook up with us and go with us and let's, let's go see what God can do in our church if we learn what it means to strategically come together in service to him. I want you to understand that it's a combination of things here at Whitley Church that makes us effective. I tell you the thing, one of, one of the high qualities of Whitley Church that I appreciate so much, and the reason I appreciate it so much is because I talk to so many pastors. And, and you guys, you guys, um, you, let, you let us lead. You let us lead the church. You let the pastor lead. you let the staff lead the church you You put deacons in place that you trust, and you let us lead and and you're not always saying, "You know we got to vote on that, we ought to vote on this, and why did you you're not always questioning us and and you trust us and I want to tell you how much I appreciate that and, and it's not that you can't question us, you can, you can' question us and you can question decisions that we make, but there's not this there's not this spirit of suspicion in our church. There's not this spirit of, of somebody suspecting that the board and the pastor is trying to get something over on the congregation. Or we're trying to manipulate you to give more money so we can kind of hoard it away somewhere. I just thank God that we don't have that here. And I thank you so much for, one of the things you guys have done is you, you have let us change. You've let us change to become the kind of church that we need to be in the 21st century to be able to reach our community. And you have not demanded that we stay the church we were 40 years ago. But you have said, how are we going to reach people today, Pastor? How are we going to reach our kids and, and young couples with babies? I love them baby makers, man. I love getting baby makers into the church. And we, Amen. Because if you don't have baby makers, guess what you don't have? A future. And so we want to get those baby makers in here. But then I need old people like me (laughs) who, who are there to guide and to teach and to pour wisdom into these young couples that are coming in. So we're very, very thankful. I'm very thankful today that you let us change, and you let us become what we need to be through prayer and through being exposed to the most effective methods of evangelism in the last day. Does that make sense to you? I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. I just want you to know how much I appreciate your willingness to change. I mean, I got pastor buddies who uh, come here and just salivate, man. They, they, I'll give them tours through, and we'll play something up here, and, and man, they're just... <laughs> They are want me to die. I'm telling you, they want, they want. They, I can look in their eye and tell me, "But man, are you about to pass on? Because I'd like to get my name on the list to come pastor this church." So if something ever does happen to me, you guys will not have any problem with people being interested in being here because pastors love an atmosphere and appreciate an atmosphere where they can pray and say, hey, listen, I heard from God, and I believe God wants us to do this. And the board and the staff and the church goes, well, let's do it, pastor. If you believe God put that in your heart, let's do it. And guess what? There have been a couple things I thought I heard from God on, and I really didn't. Does that stun y'all? Because I know that's never happened to any of you. And there have been things I thought was really what we needed to do and really the direction we needed to go in. And maybe you even thought, "Mm, not real sure about this one, but I love him, you know. He's losing his hair and his mind and everything. And so we're going to just let him do that. And then you let me do it. And then when it didn't work out, you went, okay, what are we going to try next, Pastor? That didn't work too good. And you've just stuck with me, and I love you, and, and I thank you so much for that. So in terms of strategic service, which is a fancy way of saying that we want you to join one of our ministry teams um, if you're not on there. And and if you're not on a ministry ministry team here at the church, it's probably for one of three reasons. Let me give you three reasons you may not be serving here at Whitley Church. Number one, you may not be serving because you thought that a church this size doesn't need any more volunteers. I'm going to fix that today. Okay, you won't think that anymore after this sermon series is over. Um, we we don't get up a lot here at the church and say we need we need you in the nursery, we need you in kids' church because we believe if we come across like that, it sounds like our boat is sinking and we need some people to come put their finger in the hole so it won't sink as fast, you know. And nobody wants to be a part of anything like that. Sometimes we are kind of panicky, but we never say it to you. Here's what we say to you guys. Do we have an opportunity for you? <laughs> you know, that's, what, that's the way we're going to present it to you. But sometimes we do get kind of desperate in some of our ministries because, hey, let's face it. There is no glamour in changing a, a, a bad diaper. There's just no glamour in it. Matter of fact, I remember when my boys were little and we were changing diapers, I called them barn burners. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, biohazard, you know, and uh, so when you're back there in the nursery and you're doing that and you think, man, this isn't ministry, believe me, it is awesome, incredible, incredible ministry, and I believe in heaven, and I there's no scripture for this, but I just believe there will be a nursery star that people will get in their crown for serving in the nursery. All my nursery volunteers, what do you think about that? You, Amen, that's right. So, so uh, don't be under the impression that we don't need you. We do need you. We do need you. As a matter of fact, we've got to broaden our leadership base. Watch this. If you've got good music, if you've got decent preaching, decent teaching, if, you've got, um, if you offer a quality worship service, then you're going to grow as a church. But if you don't broaden the leadership base, if the leadership base is this narrow, then the growth and then you're having growth on top of a narrow leadership base, y'all with me? Then the growth is like this. So so don't you hate, like if you're drinking coffee or you're drinking, and the bottom of the cup is real little, and the top of the cup is real big, and it's just, you know, I don't know why in the world, you know, I love my coffee cup that's shaped like that. I, I love that one. It's little at the top and big at the bottom, kind of like me. And um, I don't know what that means, but... but um, You know, when the leadership base of a church is this size, but the church is growing because you offer quality ministry on Sunday morning, which causes growth, if that leadership base stays small, then that church is unstable. Are you all with me? But if you're broadening the leadership base at the same time that you are growing, then it's like this, and the church is far more stable. How many churches have, have we seen in our community? that have exploded in growth, and then there's this crash. We've seen that so many times, and I think the reason that happens is because a lot of times the, the, the success of the church is based on a person in the pulpit. And it cannot be based on a person in the pulpit. I thank you for your love for me. I thank you for your loyal support of me. But ladies and gentlemen, I am just a guy who has some particular gifts and calling in my life, this is what I do here at Whitley. What you do is just as important or maybe even more important. I think about our intercessors who pray in the dark, who pray when nobody's looking, who are interceding for you, and they take the hello pages that has your name on That's why you need to be on the hello pages because they pray over that list And, and get that in front of you and they get that in front of them and they cry out for you and they pray for you and they call your name. And they don't even know you, and you don't even know them. These people are vital, vital to the success of Whitley Church. Man, if all of a sudden our intercessory prayer ministry didn't exist, our church would fall apart. They are the glue that ushers in the glory. And we all are responsible to pray, but I'm telling you, these girls go to war. And if you ever come out here on a night when they're praying, you might look in the door and look in the window and say, what in the world's going on in there? Because they don't mess when they pray. Y'all with me? They pray, buddy. They pray heaven down. And you say, well, you know, that's just really not my style. Well, you probably don't have the gift of intercession. Look, these girls are battling for you. They're battling for your family. And so, so thank God, let's give our intercessory prayer team a big hand and you may have the gift of intercession. You may have it because the intercessory prayer team is always open to people to come and join them. And, uh, but if you're, if you're one of those King James prayer people, you might be intimidated a little bit because these girls, they just tell God, they just talk to God and worship God and walk and worship and sing and, and uh, so, so we just thank God for them. Um, the second reason that you may not be um, on a ministry team here at Whitley Church is because you're an American. It may be because you're an American. Now let's talk about America. What are we taught in America? We're taught autonomy. We're taught that real success is coming to that place in your life where nobody can tell you what to do, we're taught that real success is coming to that place in your life where your schedule is your own and your money is your own, and nobody's telling you you've got to be here and you've got to do this. And we have said in America that is success, and I'm not saying that's not a bad that that is a bad goal. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that that teaching that has been drilled in us as Americans can really cause us to say to the church, Hey, dude, uh, I got my own thing I'm doing. I got my own schedule I'm doing. I have finally come to the place where I'm in control of my life and somebody isn't telling me what to do. And I tell you, Pastor, I really, really love you, but if I get on one of those leadership teams you're talking about, somebody's going to be calling me. I'm going to be on somebody's list. And I got to tell you, Pastor, I just kind of like getting up on Sunday morning and deciding if I want to go to church or not. And if I get on one of your teams, then I'm gonna have to be there. And I'm gonna have to get there early. And people are gonna call me Saturday to see if I'm gonna be there Sunday. And I gotta tell you, that's the thing I wanna get free from. These are, you know, I'm trying to get more hooks out of my time. And if I sign up for one of these ministry teams, that's more people putting their hooks in my time. Can I tell you something? I dig it. I'm with you on that. As a matter of fact, I'm asked to serve in a lot of things outside this church, boards and committees and, and all that. And I just have to look at these organizations and say, man, I can't do it. Because here's why they call me. They don't call me because I think I'm they think I'm smart. And they don't ask me to serve on their board of directors because they think I've got a lot of brains. They want me to serve because I got a big church and they think you're going to get some moolah. I know why. And so I look at them, Joe, just hear what I said. Y'all okay? <laughs> And I just look at them, and I go, no, you know, because they're, they're used to pastors going, sure, I'll serve on that board. Sure, I'll serve on that committee, because there's some kind of prestige, they think, attached to that. Man, they don't want your opinion. They want your Benjamins, that's what they want in a lot of cases. So, so I, don't, I don't do that, and I have to say no, and I don't want people getting their hooks into me. It's kind of in our DNA as, a, as Americans, though, it's kind of in our culture that we just want to say, look, I, I just want to be on this island over here by myself. I want you to leave me alone. I've always had people after me to do something, and I just, you know, don't want that. So, so just be careful that what you've been taught as an American doesn't keep you from doing what God wants you to do here at the church. Does that make sense? Number three, another possible reason you're not serving on one of the ministry teams is because uh, as a Christian, a lot of times we've forgotten uh, God's purpose and plan for our life. The theme of Whitley Church is discover what? Your life's purpose. And that's what we want you to do. Now, I'm going to say something about three times in the little bit of time I've got left, so I want to say it one time right now. Here's the deal. Many churchgoers many churchgoers have lost sight of or they have not understood that here's God's will. Here's God's will. Listen to this. I'm going to tell you God's will right here. God's will is that all of us in this room take our time and our talent and our treasure and bring it together in tandem with other believers. And synchronize our gifts, synchronize our different schedules, bring together the financial support that we're gonna put into the church we believe in, and he wants us to use it together with other Christians to do things that had we been alone in trying to do that, we could have never done it. It's at the bottom of your notes. That statement's at the very bottom of your notes. And I put it down at the bottom because I want you to just have that statement. I want you to just, I want you to read it this week, if you will, please. And I want you to just really think about it. God wants us to synchronize. And let's just talk about spiritual gifts here. Let's not talk about treasure and talents. I'm going to do a series on money after this series. And I can tell y'all are really excited about that. But right after this series, we'll talk about that. What God wants us to do is take our giftings. All of you have been given gifts and talents, and he wants us to bring them together with other believers and fit them together in a body ministry. We are the body ministry. Of Christ, And you might say, well, I'm just not going to sign up. I'm telling you right now, Pastor, I love you, and I love Whitley Church, but I just like coming here, and I like just sitting in my little spot, taking a few notes, singing those songs, and then I like to just go home and just kind of forget about it until I come back, maybe on Wednesday night if I'm feeling real spiritual, but I will definitely be back on Sunday morning. And i got to tell you, Pastor, uh, I probably am not going to come back to any more of this series because I really am not going to be getting involved at the church. Now, I want to tell you something. And I don't mean to be mean when I say this, but if you do have that attitude, we're going to be okay because God's church is going to prevail against the enemy. We're going to prevail, so we're going to be okay. But when you say that, I'm not really worried about us being okay. I'm worried about you being okay because it is God's will for you to use your gift in tandem with other believers to accomplish his will as a group in a way you could never do it alone by yourself. And I want to tell you, and I'll do a little quick lesson in eschatology. Guys, at the end of time, when Jesus returns, there's going to be a judgment of Christians. See, a lot of people think that Judgment Day is going to be Christians and sinners lining up, and God's going to stand up here like, a, you know, like the long white hair and the white robe, and everybody's going to come to the front, and he's going to tell sinners to go that way, And he's going to tell Christians, enter in to the glories of the Lord. That's not how it's going to be. Sinners, unbelievers, people who have rejected Jesus will be judged at a totally different judgment. They will be judged separately and believers will be judged separately. You say, well, I know why unbelievers are going to be judged, but why are believers going to be judged? Here's why. It's not a judgment on whether or not you're going to heaven. Listen, when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you repent of your sins and accept him into your heart, you're sealed. I mean, you're going to heaven when you die. But there's going to be a judgment on what you did after you became a Christian. It's called the bema. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. It is a judgment of your works that you did after accepting Jesus Christ. In Matthew 25, and just write that in your notes because we don't have time to go into it today. But there was a master in Matthew 25 who left and went on a trip and before he left, he gave talents to his servants. That is just like the picture of God by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. So gifts came into us and we were able to use them to to work the church and do what Jesus had done while he was walking on the earth. And so he gave us these gifts. And then what did Jesus do after he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit? He took a trip. Y'all with me? He ascended into heaven. So Jesus isn't here with us in the flesh anymore, but he's coming back. And in Matthew 25, that master came back. And when that master came back, he called his servants that he loved and had taken care of and said, I want to know what you did with the talents I gave you. And two of them did good things with their talents, and he said, well done, enter in. But the one who hid his talent and didn't do anything, he said, you are wicked and slothful. And that is a picture of us because our master's coming back. And when our master comes back, he's going to say, he's going to look and say, here's your name in the Lamb's book of life. You are a Christian and you're going to heaven. Now let's talk about what you did after I saved you from sin. What did you do? I gave you the gift of teaching or I gave you the gift of music or I gave you the gift of service or I gave you the gift of hospitality or whatever. What did you do with that? And we might look at him and go, well, I just kind of didn't want anybody telling me what to do. And so I just... You know, I just wanted to be autonomous. I didn't want somebody calling me every morning, God, and I didn't want somebody bugging me about working in the nursery, and I didn't want somebody bugging me about, you know, you're an usher and you need to get here 20 minutes early or get here ahead of everybody, and I just didn't want that. I just kind of wanted to go to church and enjoy church, but I just didn't really want to do anything. And God is not going to be pleased at that, and it isn't that you won't make it into heaven. You're going to make it into heaven, but I believe, and this is my personal opinion Pharaoh Chapter 2, verse 8. I believe there will be shame at that judgment. I don't believe it will last forever, but I believe there will be embarrassment at that judgment when God looks at you with disappointment. Because that's exactly, in Matthew 25, how that master looked at his servant with disappointment. And so I'm telling you this because you're going to stand before the Lord one day and God's going to say wonderful. Your name's here. What did you do with your talent? What did you do with it? And you're going to have to answer that question. You say, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this preaching. I'm going to go to another church. Hey, that's fine, but it isn't going to change what I just told you. What I just told you is the truth. I mean, if I get up and preach a sermon on the reality of hell, you can get ticked off and go to another church, but it don't do away with the reality of hell. Amen. Amen? So, I mean, I'm just telling you guys, because Pharaoh Hardison will stand there too. And I'll have to give an account. You know what he's going to ask me? He's going to ask, I know what you did that they paid you for. But what did you do that they didn't pay you for? So I'm talking to my staff right now. So my paid staff people who are here, there needs to be some volunteer stuff you guys are doing too. See, we expect our congregation to work a job and then come volunteer here. We we work a job, but our job is here. We get paid. So I'm preaching to the staff. Y'all say Amen. Come on, amen. yeah. I'm gonna rip them up, man. This is your big chance. <laughs> so, and I tell the staff, I teach the staff this all the time, and I tell them, guys, you got to volunteer too. You can't say, well, I'm here all the time. Yeah, but you get paid to be here. Amen, Amen. So volunteers have to have to. Uh, I mean, uh, paid staff have to volunteer, too. You say, well, uh, you know, I just don't want to hear this. Well, well, let me just tell you, um, if you were from another state or another church or another city, and we were sitting across a table at McDonald's, drinking a Coke and having a burger together, I would tell you the same thing, whether you come to Whitley Church or not. I'm not trying to manipulate you because you're in my church. As a matter of fact, if you're here this morning visiting from a church in another state, Go back to your church and find out what your gift is and get busy. Get busy in your church. And quit sitting back enjoying the hard work everybody else does. Get some attitude going on up here. All right? Because that's what we do. Here's what I love. You, you start something new, you're excited about it, and you've got certain people just aren't going to hook on until the wind's in the sails. And that baby's trucking, and then they get on, and they go, didn't we do good? To the moon, Alice, to the moon. Number two, let me say it again, let me say it again. You are designed by God and you have been called by God and you have been commissioned by God as a believer to take your talents he's given you, the gifts he's given you, use them in tandem and in synchronization with other Christians. Because together with others, you can accomplish things that you could never do by yourself. Okay? Man, my time is gone. Ephesians. Ephesians, and uh, let me just tell you some stuff real fast about Ephesians. It is a letter to Christians. It is a letter to Christians who are mostly new Christians. They're new believers. Some of them are Jewish Christians, and Paul talks to them about something that is actually a theme throughout the entire New Testament, and he gives them a picture of what God wants for them. And he also, when he's giving them the picture of what he wants for them, he's giving us a picture of what he wants for us. And then he even talks about what's at stake if we don't do it. Because there is something huge at stake if we don't buy into this. Now let me tell you, this is not Pharaoh and This is the Word of God. So let's look at it real quick because my time's gone. Ephesians 4, 4 and 6, uh, there's a lot of ones in here, a lot of ones. Here they come. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all you all. Y'all. One is in those verses over and over and over and over. And that is Paul telling us there is this big one. There is this big one that you as an individual are a part of the big one. That is why cooperation is so important. And that is why coming under authority is so important. And you may come under authority of somebody that you're way more capable than that they are, then that is a test for you. But see, if you can humble yourself under authority of somebody who is not nearly as capable as you are, that's going to happen sometimes. Because a lot, and here's why it happens: a lot of times, people who don't have ability are way more willing to serve than people who do have ability. So that puts us in a pickle because we got to have somebody. So there's this big one, and this big one is called the body of Christ. It is called the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go to verse seven, uh, and let's. uh, There's so much more I want to teach you, but let's. I got to close it. Ephesians four and seven but to each one. Now he's talking about individuals. In that other passage I just read, he's talking about the big one, and the big one is the body, the body of Christ. There is one God, one body of Christ. And if you are a Christian, if you have named the name of Jesus, you're a part of that body. I mean, if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you are in that body, your finger, toe, eye, mouth, (laughs) whatever. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 7, Paul gets to his main point Paul says, but to each one of us Grace has been given as Christ apportioned Now that word grace doesn't mean grace Like you say before you eat Or or grace as an unmerited favor or, Or undeserved love that we all enjoy when we get saved It isn't that kind of grace As a matter of fact, if you do a study of that word grace The original language says that it means a divine enablement so, so let's read it like that. But to each one of us, a divine enablement has been given as Christ apportioned it. That means that there's things that you just shine at. There are things you're just good at. And there are things you're not good at. Let me tell you, Miss Millie is an organizer. Millie can walk into chaos break it up into small sections, edible pieces, get every little small section fixed and then put it back together and it works like a machine. I mean, she's just good at that. But she ain't coming up here. If I'm up here choking to death, she will go in there and form a team to help me. (laughs) But she ain't coming up here. She'll try to get you to come up here. She'll try to organize some people to come up here. (laughs) But she's not coming up here. And she asked me, how do you get up there and talk? Most people ask, why can't you stop talking? Most people ask that. But how do you get in front of people and talk? How do you do that? I I don't know. I don't know. It's a divine enablement. My blood pressure is probably lower when I'm up here talking to y'all than it is when I'm sitting at home in the big chair. Seriously. Because this is my element. This is the arena where I shine, and I'm not bragging about that, but, but, but you have the arena where you shine, where uh, the thing that you're good at, and you have a divine enablement. Let's read it one more time. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. That way you know I'm going to quit. So everybody stand up. <laughs> well, hope. It's just hope, brother. Listen to this. It's at the bottom of your notes. I'm going to read it. It's at the bottom of your notes. God has gifted me and gifted you the way he has so that we will bring our gifts together strategically in tandem and do something together as a body that none of us could do effectively or accomplish on our own. Father, in the name of Jesus, your son, let us get that. Let us get it, because the church that gets it is going to reach a lot of people for Jesus. Let us quit comparing and quit being jealous, and let us quit being judgmental, and let's just all come together and use our gift to build the kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, I'm done. Hey, guests, don't forget to go by the Guest Welcome Center and pick up your gift.